You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Jacob Feldman. This is the Hockey in August podcast, The Sportacast. Ah, there you go. See, now everybody thinks, Jacob, that we're going to go talking about the New York Rangers or the Colorado Avalanche all the big moves in the offseason. We we're, we're talking junior Rangers. Junior, although my son, mid-Fairfield junior Rangers. You say hockey in August. And I want to bring it up because there's just youth sports in its entirety. All right? Here I am, whatever, August, whatever the date is, and my son is here for two-a-days. He's on the ice from four to five, and then again from eight to nine, three days in a row, and then when I get home late on Wednesday night, I get a little sleep. I awake Thursday for my six-hour drive to Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo. Buffalo in August. Yeah. Buff- well, I'll tell you, I'll take Buffalo <laughs> in August over the usual end-of-season Buffalo in February. Well, I'm sure you're getting that as well, right? It's not an either-or situation, I imagine. Well, no, I, I, at this age now, Bantam Minor. This is, by the way, first year they start hitting each other and checking, so we'll see how That's that exciting. works out. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think the, the younger kids, we always went Buffalo in February. And I love this, by the way. They thought it was quaint if the kids played on the outdoor rink by the river. Mm-hmm. H- how does that sound to you? 7.30 a.m. Buffalo, February by the river. Sounds like parenthood to me, something I have yes, not experienced. Well, I, I, yeah, I bring it all together, though, because the, the, you saw the Wall Street Journal story on what, what it costs to raise a kid these days. And it was like $18,000 a year in total of 300 and something thousand dollars to age 18. I, this person does not play youth hockey. I can tell you that. <laughs> but I do worry. I got to tell you, there was another study about sort of the, the pricing out of many kids from at least elite youth, sport, youth sports. Mm-hmm. And it's a real thing. I see it just for, in equipment, in fees, in travel, totally. in lodging. It is insane. And then you throw on top of it the lunacy at the young age of the private coaching, the, the private tutoring, all that nuts. I got to tell you, Jacob, from the inside, I look at this stuff and <laughs> it, it is ripe for an overhaul. I don't know who can or what can, but I'll tell you, it's ripe for an overhaul. But yeah, I mean, but the problem is it's making a lot of money as it is, right? I mean, that's why it's gotten this way. Yeah, I mean, but maybe... Norway does it right. Mm-hmm. I, I read Just an article about, it or something like that. No, no. I saw an approach. Norway's approach to youth sports. They emphasize the youth. Like you mm. are not allowed. What a concept. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like 
I, I may be getting the exact age wrong, but bear with me. In Norway, you are not allowed to be on the so-called travel team. You can't go play in another town, another anything, until you're like 13 or 14. You must stay and play with your friends, and that means all the teams are sort of even. You can't have the best kids getting together to become a dominant team or anything. And then, at 14 or 15, after you've sampled the volleyball, the hockey, the skating, the skiing, the this, then you decide, you know... I'm kind of good at this one sport. I kind of really enjoy it. That's where I'd like to focus my time and energy. And if you look at sort of like Olympic medals and the like, I think Norway's doing pretty darn good. Maybe they're onto something here. Yeah, I like that. And, and you know, maybe, I don't know how you say Sportico in Norwegian, but maybe you can uh, volunteer to, to launch our first, you know, international satellite up there. We should, as long as I get some plank salmon, I'll be fine. I mean, there I hope go. that's Norwegian there. I'll take it. All right, but I mean, from, it is sports business, though. Yeah, yeah. I from mean, Norway people may Utah? be thinking about, yeah, let's go from Norway, from the mountains of Kitzbühel. That's <laughs> Austria, go. I know. But it's okay. You know, hey, it's, it's an Olympic town. Yeah, yeah. Innsbruck, Austria. But I like those towns, right? Dare I say Jean-Claude Kille, not Austri- <laughs> Austrian, uh, or whatever, uh, to the Wasatch Mountains of Utah, because in true private equity fashion and sports business fashion, uh, the folks at Arctos have added to their list their fourth NBA investment. Uh, Doc O'Connor, Ian Charles, and, and the folks at Arctos have invested in not just the Utah Jazz, but in the parent company of the Utah Jazz for a very interesting reason. Take it from there. Well, yeah, well, the idea, right, is to build, I don't know if Mecca is the right word, but, but a, a hub, right, an entertainment and sports destination in Utah. I mean, it's not just sports, right? We've got this fellow billionaire building, I think it's Tolosa, Tolosa, the name of this like uh, city that this guy's building from scratch in Utah. It's, it is, has kind of become, you know, whether it's Silicon Valley has played out or not, but it has kind of become this uh, place where, where people with money see the opportunity to build something uh, in the desert. Yeah. Uh, and Ryan Smith, of course, the majority owner of the team, he's an investor in Real Salt Lake, the soccer team, David Blitzer, the principal owner of that team, um, you're bringing together some heavy hitters. Yeah. And what I like about the Arctos here, and of course, they, their investors are a diverse group. They're in on a lot of things already. What I like here is it emphasizes the point I hear a lot from general partners these days. In that in the old days, if I was selling a piece of my team, what I would do was look up a whole bunch of rich folks and say, who wants to pay me the most money? It did, nothing else mattered. It was really about how much are you going to pay me for my 5 10%, whatever it was? And then what they used that for, it could have been a training ground to see if they really like ownership. It probably was some, some ego and bravado mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Peter Kors told me that he took a limited position in the Colorado Rockies because he thought it would give him a head, a, uh, a head up or leg up on Kors getting the naming rights to the stadium. Uh-huh. And sure. if you follow baseball, you know they played Coors that Field, worked, so he right. was... Obviously, right. But by the way, there are also downsides. Um, uh, Peter Nordstrom, I believe it was Peter Nordstrom, told me years ago uh, when his dad owned the Seahawks, when they did something unpopular, like let a, a, a player go that the fans really liked or if the team was terrible, that they would receive cut up Nordstrom credit cards. So it's not always, you right. know, it doesn't always go super well. But the point I was getting at is nowadays, it's not just enough to say, oh, look, I'm bringing in this deep pocketed owner. It's what else you got. You got to bring something other. What are the synergistic possibilities? Do you bring some sort of expertise in real estate? Do you bring an expertise or connections in entertainment? Is it finance? What is it media? So if I'm Ryan Smith and I'm a tech 
guy, right? That plays right into your wheelhouse. You know, maybe I'm not all that tied in to the entertainment world, maybe. Or maybe I don't really know a whole lot about the media game. So who can I bring in that has those connections that can help me achieve the goal of making Salt Lake City, Utah, sort of this, as you said, a hub of sports and entertainment. That's what drove this investment, which I find fascinating because people really are starting to look for synergistic partners as LPs. Yeah, it's, it's almost like team building on the court, right? Like you've got, you know, Dwayne Wade, nicely, he's going to be your face, your done. leader. Well, we don't need Novi Williams <laughs> anymore. That was that was really well put. It is, you're team building, and don't forget, Dwayne Wade's in there, right? Exactly, right. So you got, you know, you got your star, your face, and you're going to want, you know, all, fill all the roles kind of around that, like you're saying. So you got the tech guy, you got the media person, you probably have a real estate person in there if you're thinking about expanding in these kinds of places, and that is... Uh, critical. And, and I know you guys talked about last week, you're talking about the downsides of ownership. We're seeing kind of with the Glazers. Uh, you know, these things can go can go poorly. And, and we, you know, every year we talk about these valuations going up and up, but there's a lot of work that goes into that. And we're kind of seeing in small deals like this, the the, the groundwork being laid, I think, for, for continued growth. Uh, All right, west. let's bounce around. Let's bounce around. You mentioned the Glazers. We had toyed with the idea of discussing a little EPL action. So this is what I know. Arsenal, good. Right, Arsenal doing for very now. well yep. for now. Very well. Tottenham pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my club. Oh. Yeah, Spurs. Yeah. Oh, you're a Spurs fan. Okay, so okay, I'm glad I could bring it up for you. Um, Leeds, Leeds crushes yes. Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Leeds American crushes team. Chelsea. Yes. American the, the, team. Yeah, Bowley, Bowley and Badatic Bali at Clear Lake just bought Chelsea, so that's a tough loss right there. And what I tell you, man, I, I when I, I'm not going to name names, but when some owners I know bought into the EPL. The idea of relegation really scares the bejesus out of them. Of I'll tell you, like, they live and die every week. I know some owners. I don't think I said this on the show. I might have said it privately to somebody. But I know owners that have their analytic spreadsheet that tells them in real time the expected number of points from each match in real time. So you can look ahead. Oh, we have... You know, out of Bourne, whatever, I, I don't know, whatever. We have whatever mm-hmm. team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have Bournemouth, uh, you know, down, five weeks from now, that should be three points for us. Or we have, right now, we have Man U, that should be a point for us. And every time that the team underperformed, where if it said we should get one, we got zero. If it said we should get three, we got one or zero. Right. Oh, That's man, trouble. the su- the suffering, like, uh-oh, now we have to make it up. Where is our best opportunity? And it really did play with the head. So, like you said, it's not the easiest thing uh, to do, but the Glazers, do, do they care about the winning or losing? I mean... That's a you know publicly traded nice. yeah. publicly traded team. They've they've their dividends have been nice, right? They've taken like, like a million plus, a uh, billion plus out more than a billion. Uh, the yes. team across yeah, interest, but they, debt, but, and dividends. But they are saddled yeah. with debt there. So what am I to take away from the Glazier ownership? Well, yeah, I think it's what we've seen is it's going to take a lot of money to play now in this new EPL. We've got all sorts of foreign owners coming in, and yeah, you were mentioning the numbers. I was, I was just looking it up. So the current, according to five thirty eight. Man United has a 9% chance to be relegated this year. And we're recording this, we should say, in the middle of a big match against Liverpool. I think they were up when we started recording. I'm not watching while we record, I promise. Um, so that will, will, will be a big swing. But, you know, that is unthinkable as a Man United fan. We're seeing literally protests in the streets um, over these things. So we'll see how that plays out over the rest. It's a long season, a long way to go. 60, um, uh, live update, sports okay. radio, live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Manchester United 2. Liverpool, wow, wow. 60, 61st minute. Huge, huge, huge uh, for the Red Devils there. So yeah, if they get a win there, they can stabilize maybe, but they had zero points coming in. Uh, this is their worst stretch 
really since the 80s. Uh, despite putting in $1.5 billion on players since 2013, they haven't won a major trophy. Uh, and, and so that, that has to be scary. I think to, to Boley, whoever else is coming in, you see what can go wrong. And so I think that's going to give them any extra motivation to say, we, we can't let that happen. We need to invest because... Where's uh, Newcastle? Well, they're rising up the charts. Uh, you know, okay, tell me that. I didn't peek. Where's Newcastle in... I, I like to use my terminology. Where, where are they in the table? Very good. They are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth currently. Of course, again, oh, if these things if you are th- if you are the If you're an eight, you're thrilled. That's a lovely place to be. Yeah, safe, yeah. Safe and secure at number eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they've got a... They're currently more likely to make the Champions League than they are to get relegated. Those are kind of, you know, the two, the top and the bottom of the table. So they're looking great. They, they tied Man City uh, in a fantastic 3-3 match uh, on Sunday. Uh, and yeah, that's, that, they're a perfect example of this new money club um, who, who's coming for, for Man U's throne. Yeah, so how do you compete, whether I'm talking Paris Saint-Germain or like, how do you compete with sovereign wealth funds where it's seemingly an unlimited pool of capital to buy players? If one doesn't work it, so what? We'll buy another one. And that keeps me afloat. It gets me to the Champions League, which means I get more money from that and everybody stays on top. Yeah, well, there are these financial fair play laws that are rules that right. uh, that these right. <laughs> with big with big quote marks <laughs> around them. Um, but yeah, I mean, but it's it's just one of the things where for decades, man, you got to be the big boy at the table and got to eat all the food, and and now someone bigger has come along, and that's you know that's the come up. This is the system that Man United wanted, right? They fought for this for decades to maintain this winner take all type system, and now they're 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 uh, they're eating their comeuppance. So if there was a meeting right now, let's just say you know private private diner somewhere on the west side of London uh, or we're, we're in Barcelona. I'll say it right with, with like that. And it, it, it's, uh, you know, oh, I'm here for the, you know, we have a reservation of eight for Super League, right? Uh, we're in the back corner, dimly lit. Nobody could have a private room. Uh, like, man, man United walks in. Does everybody else go, wait, what are you doing here? <laughs> Man United is still getting a seat at that table for it's now. A hell they, of a brand. Hell, yeah, yeah, they got fans all over the world. Brand. Yeah, but but as you know, these things pivot quickly. I mean, these fans are are, are picking teams as we speak, uh, and and I don't know how many fans outside of you know Manchester are going to be saying, you know, why don't you root for for this team where we got protests in the street? We all hate our captain. We want him to get sold. We've got this old superstar who we don't really know if we want him to play or not. He just definitely doesn't want to be here. And we've got these owners that you know are, are, are the cause of the protest. It's not not a pretty picture. But things are going well for the Americans. Like the Americans are really having an input in the EPL. Yeah, it's fantastic. And and uh, for for us on this side of the the, the pond, at least at Leeds, you got the the American manager. They've got two star American young players. Uh, it bodes well. Obviously, this is kind of leading up to the, the U.S. and England taking on each other. Uh, I believe is it Black Friday or right around Thanksgiving. Um, and so that it's it's going to be interesting to see all these fans that have gotten used to rooting for these American players as, as they play on Leeds or as they play on Chelsea and turn around and have to root against them. But uh, for for us over here, I love every every team of the American on it. Suddenly, my favorite team. Um, you know, I was actually trying to buy a Leeds uh, shirt with some friends, and they're actually back ordered uh, in part because of supply chain issues. But but there's definitely been a resurgence or at least a surge of, of Leeds fandom uh on this side so we should see how they can can capitalize that on that am i believing that it's supply chain issues or is it just sort of we got caught unprepared somewhere in between what what might be right because that seems like a catch all these i'm not i mean we all know there are supply chain issues totally i was where was what game oh i was at a detroit red wings game last season and one of the fathers on our team they actually have a rink at their house so every time he goes to a game, and he, they always invite all the kids over to play, they have the little locker room. So every time he goes to a game, he gets a red or he gets a, uh, a home and away jersey of that particular team. 
And then he hangs it at the house because when they play, it's like all white, you know, NHL teams versus darker, you know, whatever. So they asked me, uh, I happen to be going down to, to look for something. I said, oh, here's my credit card. Can you get me a, uh, a home and away? You know, fine, no problem. And sure enough, they, they only, I believe they only had the home. The, the red they did not have because of supply chain issues. So I don't mean to say, you know, that's not, it's not, the bottleneck is not done. We have not totally, un, you know, unclogged that, the, that problem, I understand. But I just wonder if it was more of a, for Leeds, I don't, I don't know if Leeds says, you know, I think there's going to be a real run on our jerseys right now. We, we should order X, 2X, 3X of what we normally do. Yeah, and, and Adidas and, and all these other uh, manufacturers have to decide ahead of, far ahead of time how many Chelsea kits they're going to make versus Leeds, et cetera. But it was a big story in England this summer. You know, the BBC was, was on it about, you know, half the clubs not having their, and that's a, a major fiasco in, in, in England when, ha- when a club doesn't have their home and away kits on sale and half of them didn't at the time. When we talk about supply chain, I, I think of those ships stuck, you know, in the waterway, just lined up and you could see. And that's how I feel like the runway will be for a Man United sale. Mm-hmm. You, know, if, you think if so? Manchester United ever really, if the Glazers ever decided, forget about, oh, I want to sell 5%, 10%, like whatever. You know, control is mine. That's fine. If they said they were uh, done. Yeah, we, right, right. Um, so if Man United ever hit the market for a control stake sale, What's that runway look like globally, right? You're talking, you're talking billionaires from around the globe, uh, maybe even some sovereign wealth funds. Um, and I guess the price, if you're going by their stock, be two point something billion dollars. I don't think you're getting that bargain in reality. Right, right. Well, they're down. Yeah, I think the stock's down 25% year over year. But yeah, we, we've, I think most would expect that. I mean, Chelsea went for four, so I think the, the bidding would have to start at five and, and continue on uh, pr- pretty high up from there. All right. U.S. Open's coming up. You're going to come down to New York and you take in any Open any time? I wish I could. Now, now that you mentioned it, maybe I should. I, I love the U.S. Open. I've been um, several times, and it's going to be a great one, obviously. There's going to be one star who is there, Serena Williams, uh, making what seems yeah, to be... Yeah, we'll see for how long, though. We'll see for how long it seems to be, and that's only going to make those tickets yeah, even more... Yeah, we saw you saw the prices going insane, and you don't even know when she's playing yet. You don't have right. day one, day two, night one, night two, whatever, but... Big, biggest star at the Open. One star there, and then one star who's not there. Who's, who's not? Well, there's actually a few who are not going to be there. Who, who's the big one who's not going to be there? Uh, oh, you want me to go to Novak Djokovic right off the bat here? Yeah. Right. It. it looks like looks like the uh, the Joker will not be in attendance. Uh, at this point, uh, COVID protocols, I don't know. I, I don't know how you tell Novak Djokovic he can't come and play. It's, you know, I don't want... Not, for me, it's not political on the whole thing. It's just at this point... If you're the uh, U.S. I, tournament director, you're banging on the table trying to figure out a way to, to get him in the, in the field? But, well... This is what I know about the U.S. Open, having covered it for many, many years, uh, that the New York crowd demands a spectacle at night. And forget Friday and Saturday night, it better be something super special. So count off with me. Help me out here. Which names in tennis? And again, this may not just be, I'm talking casual sports fans. They want to know, oh, I know, of course, this is a star. I can, I can go see this, this star play. Count off for me on the men's and the women's side, which players qualify as superstar status to the casual tennis fan? Help me out here. Who qualifies? That's going to be there or just overall? I mean, I think there's only only two that are going to be there, Nadal on the men's side and Serena on the women's side. I mean, and maybe you put Coco Goff in that conversation, potentially. Maybe you put... Daniil Medvedev in that conversation potentially if they get to to a, to a final or something deep in the tournament. But to start right now, like Medvedev just, is a is a is a tennis fans quality right. player star. He's not a, he's not a casual fan star. Exactly. 
right for now, right? Well, is it, so what kind of problem do we have? You know, if I'm a U.S. Open sponsor, if I'm the if I'm the USTA, who am I putting? Let's let's say, I mean, again, let's say Serena doesn't last all that long, right? Which is the expectation, right? yeah. Which could could easily happen. Who is my big time Saturday night match? What am I putting on the marquee? It's it's gonna be. T- I mean, you're gonna have to sell Carlos Alcaraz, and you're gonna hope he. This is the young phenom from from Spain. You're gonna hope that he's, you know, as advertised, which he has been to this point, and you're gonna hope he. I'll makes keep a it run. in Spanish. Buena suerte, señor <laughs> Feldman. That that that's what you. It's, it's not a great position to be in when you've been selling Federer and Nadal for twenty years. But that's what you're yep. gonna have to do. And Djokovic, of course. Right, 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 right. And then you could always. There was always the. You know who is my classic? I can I can make a night match guy until you got to like the quarters and then he was gone. Like James Blake. Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. Like he was, he, he, he was a run after that. Yeah. 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 He was a New York favorite. You could always put James Blake on a night match and people enjoyed. I mean, again, I'm so old. I mean, I, I could go back to, you know, Sampras and Agassi and th- th- that was like mega, mega wattage. So I don't know. I, I think you got to figure out something. All these sports leagues had better wake up to what live golf achieved already. You know, you see tigers getting together with Rory McIlroy to put together the superstar, you know, one-off tech-driven event. Okay, great. Where you been? Where you been, PGA? Right? There's a reason why, and I've said this before, I think on this show, there's a reason why when LeBron James had issues, Adam Silver listens. He understands the stars drive the game. They drive the interest. It's why people come and pay money. You know, all leagues, even, I mean, the NFL, I think they could put robots out there and, and be just fine. But, for the most part, you, you better listen to what the stars of your game want. This is, this is sports. This is star-driven. And you kind of left yourself exposed here. It, you really did. I don't know whether you're not developing uh, stars at a younger age or what can be done. But I'm still expecting Nadal and Federer and Djokovic. And doesn't look like I'm going to have it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm buying tennis longer term than that. Uh, yeah, I think we went through this four years ago with the NFL. It's like, oh... Breedy, Braze, and Manning are going to retire, and, and what do we have left? And all of a sudden, you have you have a new crop. You have Mahomes, you have Allen, you have Herbert, like, and maybe, as you said, maybe the NFL is a unique beast. Yeah, you also have the default setting of people are one addicted to the product, and, and it's appointment television. I, I I know my buddies. It's like, all right, let's get up early and order breakfast. All right, then we'll watch the. If you're on the East Coast, we'll watch the one o'clock game. All right, let's order lunch and sit here and watch the four o'clock game. Okay, great. Let's order dinner and sit here and watch the late game. I mean, sure, that, sure. That is just sort of the appointment viewing. That doesn't happen in tennis. No, no. And it only got to that point when it was a Wimbledon final and it was Nadal Federer. Yep. That's the only point where we were like, hey, what are you doing on Sunday? Come over and watch this. I, you know, but for me and my friends, at least, I, I'm a tennis guy, so I watch it all. But to, I would to, set the alarm for the Aussie Open final when, <laughs> when I had Federer yeah. or, or, you know, and Djokovic or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, but, you know, those guys, I, I, you're, you're probably right. In the, and, and golf is in the same situation that once in a lifetime guys are sometimes once in a lifetime and uh you know maybe you wish you you got more out of them while you had them but that's how it is so whether we see however many of those guys play each other again i don't know maybe over under one and a half times for for you know nadal djokovic matches uh from here on out what do i need to know about amazon and thursday night football well, it's coming. First off, I think the biggest thing they're going <laughs> to yeah. have. Number one, it's happening. Okay, yes. good. I think people are going to be shocked when they find out that's the only way to watch outside of home markets Thursday Night Football. Uh, and, and even people from Amazon have told me that that's going to be, you know, that's their, that's their MO. It's just tell people over and over again. Put it, it's going to be on billboards. It's going to be on trucks, whatever. Well, Yeah, full disclosure here, Jacob. Mm-hmm. My wife at the very last minute 
realized or finally came to me and said, oh, we need to get HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. Like, can you call? We happen to be a Verizon Files house. And I'm like, Kim, I don't think it's as easy as just calling Files and saying, I want HBO Max. It's not like it, we, uh, I'm still an old guy here. When, when my TV dies, I'll get a smart TV. Right now, I don't have one. And the Fire Stick wasn't working for some reason which we still can't figure out. It used to work and now, you know, now it's just What's not the point of having a son if he's not going to figure that out for you? Well, yeah, exactly. He's upstairs on his Xbox. He watches everything <laughs> on the Xbox. Right? I, sh- I should have called him in. Right? I'm not even sure if he was home, but that's a good idea. Um, but all I did was fired up the iPad, download the app. And by the way, I did not know this, but because I have HBO, HBO proper, as part of my Fios package, I also have HBO Max. I didn't know that. So she was very happy because I fired it up. All I had to do was put in my files credentials and she was very happy watching her show. The, there you uh, go. You know, That's a win. I, I, yeah. I didn't care one bit because I haven't seen Game of Thrones at all, but she was very happy. Yeah. At the time of this recording, I've not watched House of the Dragon episode one last night. So I'm glad to hear you're not going to spoil it for me because... I will spoil nothing. But the point is like, all right, you know, I don't know if... Like, I think people are used to it now. Sometimes they're flicking through they're they getting watch... There. This is going to yeah, be baseball a baseball game. Oh, this is a... This is a a streaming only game. You're not going to see the Yankees today. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, whoops. I think um, I think week one will be a big barrier, and by week ten, this will people will understand this is the way things are, are done. But yeah, people are going to have to update their Fire Sticks. People are going to have to you know buy new devices in, in some cases. But you know, for, for Amazon, they're expecting between twelve and thirteen million is what, what Anthony Krupe reported, which is down from from sixteen million that the Fox got in there. Uh, that was also on NFL Network in some cases. Wait, but the, the twelve and thirteen million eyeballs. Yeah, viewers. Yeah, streamers. Yeah. Wow, uh, that's a that's a big number. A big number. Yeah, and that's a were, big number. And 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 so we'll see if they get, and that maybe is, is over the course of the season. So that's what I'm saying these things will probably ramp up, especially as the games get more important. Uh, but it's going to be a challenge, and things are going to break. You know, whether it's on Amazon side or on the TV side. You know, I always love to monitor. You know, the first time Apple gets a game, the first time Peacock gets a game. Just go on Twitter. Just you know, look at their handles, see who's complaining, see what they're complaining about. One of my favorite hobbies. And and so if you don't have a, a rooting interest in that Thursday night game, I highly recommend you know pulling your phone out and just seeing. What's people, the first game? What's the first game on Thursday night? Oh, that's a fantastic question. I believe it's Chiefs Chargers. Don't quote me on that. No, I won't. All right. Uh, so, I mean, Pat Mahomes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, all right. Not a must, must see, but if you're a football fan, you, it's a want to see. You're going to watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. September 15th, week two, because uh, week one is obviously the special NBC opener. Yeah. So, week two, uh, Chargers Chiefs. And then uh, from there, they go, they take a step down to, to Steelers Browns. Bengals, Dolphins, you know, some, some time to work the Kings out before you rev back up later in the season. But just in case there's any buffering, <laughs> get the issue sorted out. Uh, let, you know, people, you know, get the new couple days to order the new devices that everybody needs, all that good stuff. And then, you know, later in the season, they do, they do have some big games uh, as well. They got the Cowboys the last week of the year. So that'll probably oftentimes the Cowboys game is the most viewed game, regardless of who the opponent is. In this case, it's Tennessee. Um, but that will probably, you know, that, that's after Christmas as well. Boy, Cowboys last game of the year, you're, you're really risking the fact that it will not have play. It is. That's a great point. That's a great point. But maybe they're thinking this is safe, regardless of what the implications are. I don't know. Yeah, um, okay. Always fantastic to, to, to dive into the, the, psychology on that one but yeah so all right go yeah, ahead. T- tell me now all right let's close it out here tell mm-hmm. me about your betting story sure sure right. so because I, you know eben's not here you're filling in for eben i always like to just say all right tell me about you wrote a good story tell me about your betting story i know i put it on I'd twitter be saying to. i've been waiting for this yes i've been waiting for this because i couldn't understand how people would not be obsessed about pricing mm-hmm. and it was, it's a fantastic follow-up to the conversation you guys had last week on exactly this topic but so i, I wrote about a startup called odds jam it's self-funded to this point it's two guys from stanford uh, one who made $400,000 himself betting on these things. And then over time, uh, the sportsbooks were eliminating how much he could bet. And 
so we said, okay, the next way to make my 400,000 is to sell this as a service, basically. So 500 bucks a month, you can, you can track. And what it is, it's a very advanced odds tracker. So they track 75 plus and counting sports books, uh, minute to minute to see who's got the best odds. So, um, and it doesn't matter what it is, you know, they're, they're talking big bets. I don't know if you have you heard of a nerfy bet? Does that mean anything to you? Nerfy? No idea. No run first inning bet. So you bet on over under 0.5 okay. runs in, in the first inning of the game, get your money or lose your money real quick. It's, Cause that's what it's all about. So they're betting, you know, stuff like that, but it's not about predicting what's going to happen. It's just about finding who has those, those good, good odds to get you a little bit of value. And then over time, theoretically, theoretically beat the books. Well, we had, as you know, Johnny Aiken was on mm-hmm. last uh, podcast and uh, I love having a non sports betting approach like me. Mm-hmm. And then you have Eben who knows everything about it, but talking yeah. to Johnny and I could ask him like layman's questions. And I had no idea that they sort of went after the more sophisticated better. And they're not really interested in the folks who are casually putting 10, 15, 20 bucks on stuff. That's not. And so when I asked him, what's the difference in the app, how would I know? And I just found it absolutely fascinating. It's a great conversation. This is bifurcated customer base that I had no idea existed. And that's but what it seems. Yeah. But I asked him about the pricing too. And I, I could not believe that his response was, you know, hey, no, you know, no, we, <laughs> nobody really shops around for price. That's not how it works. And it's more difficult, but I just surprised the heck out of me. So, yeah. So in Europe, people often have three to five to six books and they are shopping. Uh, and, and, and Flutter CEO, I quoted in the story, you know, said that U.S. customers are much more likely to only have one account. I've heard people say the average is like 1.8 accounts per person. And so often that's just DraftKings and FanDuel. And there's a number of reasons for that. One of them is, is that it's a pain to sign up for these things. I don't know. It sounds like you maybe haven't gone through this process, but you often, you know, need to take a picture of your driver's license. You have to give some random app your social security number before you can do anything. So that's that's one barrier to downloading dozens of these things like Odds Jam wants you to do. Uh, and the other thing I think you hit on is people maybe don't care about, you know, 10 cents here, 10 cents there. It does add up over time, but for them, it's ease of use. It's, oh, what did I, I, I want to put five bucks on this Patriots game. What, what ad did I just see? What what billboard did I just see? And so that's the money's going into marketing rather than pricing for now. Whether that changes over time, you know, that's that's a bet uh, some people are making. All right. So why don't you tell them you're, I'm going to close it. I won't put you on Please. the spot like I do, Evan, who still can't do this. Uh-uh. So give, give him first, I'll say, you know, he's Jacob Feldman. You can find him on the Twitter at Jacob Feldman 4. Why the 4? Just uh, well, I'm, I was born on the fourth of a month and Brett Favre was my favorite player growing up. There's a few other reasons, but those are the main two. All right. But Jacob Feldman was taken. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, oh, it is. Yes. I've been, don't look it up. It is uh, not appropriate for children. I've been trying to get that account taken down for quite some time. All right. Well, good luck with that. He is <laughs> Jacob Feldman. The aforementioned Jacob Feldman. It's not me. Four, at Jacob Scott Feldman S- is not me. I can confirm. <laughs> I am Scott Soshnick on the Twitter. Just plain old at Soshnick. Matt Whitehurst is our producer. Thank you very much. Matt, our digital media editor is Cora Veltman. Thank you so much, Cora. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of what will soon become the Sportico Media Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.